Chuck Brandian, professional comedian for more than 30 years. And I'm Amanda McKinney, John's daughter for more than 30 years. Our family believes laughing is a learned behavior, and we want to teach you how we do it. So welcome to the kitchen table of the comedian next door. Uh, house guest episode. I'm not going to say welcome because we already said that in the pre-recorded thing. Too late. <laughs> <laughs> house guest episode so we got our friend uh ad robles is joining us after months of pursuing him and trying to get through his layers and layers of administrative personnel Uh, i was finally able to contact ad and he agreed to come on the podcast ad robles how are you I am quite well and uh, glad to do it. And, uh, you know, as soon as you got through the uh, the secretary to the secretary to the secretary, I was, of course, happy to. Mm-hmm. His, his, his assistants are bulldogs, too. Very difficult. <laughs> they're, they're doing a good job. They're keeping you safe from the uh, from the riffraff and the Excellent. trolls. <laughs> uh, we had now AD is also on the FLF network for those of you who are listening to this podcast you're like well who's ad robles he's also on the same network that we're on you guys there's it's time to start figuring out that there's other people on this network we don't do a great job of cross uh promoting on the flf network (laughs) yes that's true (laughs) you know we're kind of islands into in and of ourselves and we all promote the flf who are you again (laughs) yeah yeah it's like how do i listen to your podcast it's on the network you already got the app yeah. All you have to do is just just click it. So uh, we had a conversation, a brief conversation at the conference. At the now that was a conference, not the rally. That was the conference. Yeah, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I said did. I said to Ad, you should come on my podcast, and he said okay. Well, and you also and did the, the newlywed whole- game. Didn't he, oh yeah, and his wife yeah. did the newlywed game together at the very last. And you guys bit. had a decent showing on the newlywed game, as I recall, right? No, we finished in last place, but I oh, appreciate okay. the, the fond memories. <laughs> well, that's what I meant. <laughs> that's what I meant by a decent showing. But, but it actually worked out great because the couple that had been together the longest won, and then it went down. We were the the youngest couple, so it makes sense that we would lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is that what you tell yourself? <laughs> Yeah, I can spin anything. <laughs> yeah. Okay, whatever helps you feel better. Uh, yeah, so we have um, we have that history, and uh, I, we were talking. The, uh, the Peaches is here. Have you said anything yet? I just said you were on the newlywed game together, oh, but that's true. I'm glad that made a big impact on your memory. <laughs> uh, it was, so before we turn the... The recorder on Carl. Our, our listener's name is Carl. Uh, Ad, we only got one, and that's good. That's his name. And so we address him like Mister Rogers used to address people. You know, he would look in the camera, and it was just you and him in the in the. Yeah. And that's how it is on this podcast. And so before we turn the recorder on, Carl, we were talking to, about the subject matter that we're going to cover today, and Ad says, "I thought this. Was, I thought you were supposed to be a comedian." <laughs> That's just such a great thing That's to say. <laughs> Boring. <laughs> I don't want to be on this podcast. It's supposed to be funny. Uh, well, the the 
the philosophy here, AD, is that everything is everything is funny. Everything is uh, is kind of a joke, especially for well for Christian people because Christian people are going nothing to spend eternity with God. Nothing is a joke for non Christian. Right, nothing is a joke. Everything is deathly serious when you are facing eternity separated from God. But once you are part of the kingdom, then just about everything has uh, is is subject for laughter. So. There you go. I like that. Good mentality. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why that's how we got onto the FLF network is with powerful philosophical commentary like that. That was <laughs> how we made our way onto this network was they're like this is this is the guy that we got to have in yeah. our in our group. Okay. So what we're going to talk about is <laughs> You go ahead. Go ahead. And I tell don't them. No, I'm asking because I never did actually Get okay, uh, we, we've already talked about this on both of our respective podcasts. And so it's the Josh McDowell, uh, what do you call it, debacle situation, the Josh McDowell occurrence. Yeah, he canceled himself, right? He canceled himself, <laughs> yes. Uh, and so we, we both covered it a little bit. And you said something on your podcast about how if... Maybe it's not a bad thing if Josh McDowell canceled himself. Maybe if he if he canceled himself, maybe he had good reason for canceling himself, and we should stop lamenting that. Or so I don't want to put words in your mouth, but was that basically the? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I I think I said a, well, I said a few different things, but but yes, if 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 Josh McDowell and he could not uh, stand up to the 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 woke, you know, everything's racist mob. Um, maybe it's time for him to step aside. You know, it, it's, it, we, we, I don't think evangelicalism, the last thing I think evangelical, evangelicalism bleh, needs is another person who won't stand up to pagans and evil ideologies and stuff like that. So I said, you know, he shouldn't have done it. He shouldn't have resigned, but because he's the kind of guy that would resign. Good. Right. <laughs> because he would resign. Good. I'm glad he resigned. Now, <laughs> I don't think that what he said was necessarily that scandalous. I, no. you know, my, my thought was that listening to it, it, it was, it's the sort of thing that would scandalize you if you're a person who can't give another person the benefit of a doubt. Sure. You sure. Know? I mean, because his, his mistake was basically saying, uh, I'm paraphrasing, but in essence, there are, there are a lot of, uh, black families that don't value education. They don't have yeah. that as, as a, uh, they don't, they don't see that as privileging their children yeah. in education. And so, yeah, it, that, that was, if you're a person who's bent towards finding offense in what people say, I can see how you could make a case that he shouldn't have said that. Yeah. Yeah, well, maybe he shouldn't have said it. Maybe he should have. You know, that, that I, I kind of think that's a little bit of a side issue because the truth is that many people have said the same thing. Uh, and um, depending on their position or their the time of, of year they say it or their skin color, it's either scandalous or not scandalous. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, it's it's just a very like I think his big mistake in the in the when I read it. I said that I would have what I would have said differently was I think he said the word most like most black families don't value education. And I don't know that he knows that. Maybe it's true. Maybe it isn't. I don't know that to be true. But I do know that many don't um, from my experience and from just, you know, just 
I just know that many do. Um, so, okay. So one word, one word, maybe I wouldn't have said, but come on. I'm like, are you going to really freak out over one word? I mean, and, and the answer, of I, I, I misspeak yes. all the time. And it's like, yeah. when you speak a lot, sometimes you'll say the wrong word in the wrong place. Mm -hmm. I don't think it was worth canceling the guy over, but hey, I'm, I'm a very conventional guy. <laughs> yeah. So Josh McDowell said, I have the quote here. I do not believe blacks, African-Americans, and many other minorities have equal opportunity. Why? Most of them grew up in families where there is not a big emphasis on education yeah. and security. Yep. You can do anything you want. You can change the world. If you work hard, you'll make it. So many African-Americans don't have those privileges like I was brought up. Well, there, now he said, he many, said many that time. On the so, right. yeah. so it's very easy to interpret that in a way that doesn't require him to be saying something he doesn't know. He right. Maybe he misspoke the first time or maybe he corrected himself. I can't tell you how many times I've said something and then corrected myself. I did it in the video I did today. So it's like, okay, so if you want to find offense there, sure. That's the worst thing ever. I mean, might as well hang him. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we do. We do want to find offense, and so, uh, all right. I wanted to. I wanted to talk about uh, evangelical leadership, for lack of a better term, in general. You know, under sure. specifically, we're talking about Josh McDowell, but in generally speaking, uh, well, you said something earlier. You said the uh, the last thing we need is another. Uh, evangelical yeah. leader who won't stand up for for basically evangelicalism, uh, sure, or for their for their principles. What uh, how do I want to ask this? What do you think the ask it in the most offensive way possible? Let me see Go. if I can say. <laughs> yeah, let me make sweeping generalizations. Uh, see if we can get ourselves. Let me see. Let me right see now. if I can. Let me see if I can offend you personally in asking. I don't this think question. Carl's going to care. <laughs> no, Carl would sounds like a stand-up guy. You know, that's right. <laughs> we like Carl. Yeah, a lot. Carl knows all about. It. He knows. <laughs> he knows how stupid I am. Um, generally speaking, do you? Uh, what do you think the consequences are uh, that we're seeing? What? How is culture different today because of the state of evangelicalism as a whole. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I, I kind of hate the word evangelical, um, but sure. I, I don't know what else to use. So what is, what do you think some of the, the things that, uh, that are part of our culture today um, are the result of poor leadership that we didn't have even like 10 years ago or, or 20 years ago? Like what's different? Yeah. yeah well, that's a great question. Um, I, you know, I'm not it is a, a good question, wasn't it? I don't, I don't I don't study these things, you know, in the macro. I can only kind of tell you what my my inclination is. And I, and I think that um, the more time that passes, the less the pagans fear the evangelical church. I think it used to be that you really wanted to get that vote. You wanted to get the evangelical vote. And so, you know, they and they even criticized Trump for this. Well, he's just pandering to the evangelicals. He's just pandering to get his their vote and this and that. And it's like, you know, listen whether he's pandering or not, it's nice to be pandered to. Yeah, I, I want these things because I believe in the scriptures. And so you're going to get them for me. Now go get them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like, they're not doing that as much anymore. They don't, they don't fear what, because a lot of times evangelicals just agree with them. Like, sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, immigration, you know, welfare for everybody, you know, the race stuff. I mean, what, where's the differences? There's, there's minor differences. You see, you know, they'll, they'll say the same thing CNN says, but they'll sprinkle a little Jesus on the side. And what's, what's there to fear there? There's nothing to fear there. So I think, I think that as time passes, um, 
you know, the evangelical church becomes more and more irrelevant to the pagans. Now, that's not actually true. It's, it's not irrelevant. And it's a, it's a sleeping kind of giant kind of thing, because even if there's only a few of us, we've got the Lord on our side. So it doesn't matter how many you have, but there's just no even desire to even pretend with these guys. I mean, look at what the Democrats are for. They're not even pretending to care about uh, uh, infants in the womb. They don't even pretend because why they don't have to, because basically the evangelicals are in basic agreement. They sure we're against abortion, but it doesn't actually affect anything that we do in real life. So nobody fears that. Okay. Yeah. I would say on the ground level, um, like with the trolls that we're encountering on social media, they're actually excited when they find out that, that, you know, you're a Christian and I'm a Christian because in their experience, it's really easy to push people around, push around yeah. when they're Christians. Yeah. All you have to do is say, you know, well, you're not very loving and um, I wouldn't come to your church because you're judgmental. And so many times that works for them where the Christian yeah, yeah. backs off. They're immediately like, oh, well, I don't want that because I want to be like yeah. Jesus and Jesus wouldn't upset the pagans like yeah. that. So they think they're actually excited when they find out they're up against, you know, a Christian opponent because they're like, this is going to be a slam dunk. Be a soft target. I know exactly how to handle this. I yeah. can make them back down in no time. Sure. Well, yeah, said- absolutely. They're, they're, ter- I mean, ter- they're, people are terrified of being called unchristlike and unloving from a pagan who doesn't know their right hand from their left. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Unchristlike. Right. You don't even know what a male is. Like, right, my I'm not scared of like, like right. I'm not scared of someone's judgments from that perspective. So, but the thing is, there's a lot of people are right. terrified of those judgments. Yeah. Um, call right. call someone racist. That's that's the end of their life as far as they're concerned. Yeah, yeah call someone you know, pro. Call someone sexist or, or or misogynist. That's the end of their life. I'll never forget this story. I'm not going to tell you who it was, but there's a an evangelical. Oh, tell me who it C- was, AD. <laughs> There's a C-list celebrity. Tell me who it was. I can't. It's, it, it, that, I can't do it in this case. That's anyway, fine. It doesn't matter. C-lister, you know, and he shared a blog post that quoted the you know devil incarnate Doug Wilson, and <laughs> in this uh, in this I have in this, interviewed uh, that devil. In in this article, he was agreeing with something Doug said about human sexuality, and uh, you know, Doug, the way he talks. Sometimes we'll say things that, you know, get under people's skin. Uh-huh. Anyway, so so some feminists caught wind of it and were saying, oh, you're just promoting rape culture. You're misogynist. And so they started ripping this guy, ripping this guy. And Doug, the nice man that he is, reached out to him and said, hey, you know, don't worry about this. I mean, they're going to say this no matter what you say. They're going to they're going to hate you no matter what you believe, no matter how nice you say it. Look, just look at this as an opportunity to get the truth out there. Your the truth is being promoted every time they write an article saying how evil you are. It's actually the truth that's getting promoted. So don't worry about it. Right. Um, nice guy. I mean, Doug, Doug Wilson's actually a pretty nice guy. He is a nice guy. A lot of people so, don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> so this particular person um, was not that kind of mentality. So of course he apologized profusely. I I I I was wrong. This and that. And um, you know, ever since then he's. He's gone with the flow. Let's put it that way. Right. I could say it in a much more gross way, but it, it, he he he's he's done now. He's been neutered, and ever since then he's he's as woke as they come now. And it's like, you see what happens? Like once you show them that you're scared of that, that's it. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? They know how to beat you. <laughs> right. 
You'll but, never step out of line again. It's like you were slapped pretty hard down, and now you'll never step out of line again. Well, we got to find our uh, cojones again. You used uh, – by, by the way, you can't say cojones on this podcast. <laughs> uh, you Sorry, used, Carl. You used <laughs> – I don't know when he's. I don't know when that became a rule, but okay. Carl seems like a sensitive guy. I, was, <laughs> I just wanted to feign that I was offended. I felt like I wanted to be offended. Nobody's been offended. Carlito, yet. actually, because he you know it's a Spanish word. Mm-hmm. Carlito. <laughs> Carlito was very offended. I, I didn't. Uh, you, you used the word fear. You said that they're not afraid of evangelicals, and just using that phrase because we talk like that all the time in, around around these parts. Um, but that is a that's a very unusual and unpopular way to talk about the influence that Christianity is supposed to have on culture. Right. Well, it's also an unpopular way to talk about like parenting and the influence that parents are supposed to have on your children. It used to be that parents would say things like, I'm going to put the fear of God in you. And sure. that's yeah. just like mm-hmm. way offensive. Now you're not supposed to do that. That's like abusive and tyrannical and um, and I'm always coming at things from a parenting perspective because I've got four kids under the age of 10 and 80, you have small kids too at home, if I remember. Um, and I think it starts there. Maybe I'm biased or I've got, you know, everything looks like a nail to a hammer, but like, I, I think that it starts with mothers and fathers being taught that if you are somebody who is feared, you know, in your household, that that's a bad thing. And so of course if people are afraid right. of you as a Christian in the culture, that would also be a bad thing. Like I've tried to encourage other Christians to take on a parenting role or a shepherding role when it comes to atheists and unbelievers in the culture. And they don't even really know how to do that because right now their kids are the ones who are, you know, calling all the shots in their own homes. So, yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. No, I, I think, I think there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of good stuff there. Sorry about that, John. What were you no, saying? That's fine. I was going to ask you uh, because I quoted, the uh, Ecclesiastes online a little while back, and the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so I've been I've been trolling, for lack of a better term, some of these spiritual groups on Facebook, oh. and just just throwing <laughs> stuff in. You know, they put their memes up, and I'll just throw throw my stuff in there. And some it's something about you know. Can we looking, hold on just one second? Yeah. I'm so sorry. Can I just pause you for a second? Yeah. We're not live, are we? Well, no, we're, we're not rec- live. We're you recording. Wanna, wanna record? We can pause. pause. Okay, give me one second. I- pause all right so we're back uh yeah i was gonna these new agey quotes where they this is how you find this is how you find truth and wisdom if you look into yourself and recognize that the color of your soul is a reflection of the reality that is but a whisper (laughs) of the whimsy that has been timeless before we have the rivers okay i was listening to this before we stopped pause (laughs) i've been listening to this for like a solid Three and a half minutes I'm, now. I actually have a gift for this. I, 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 it's just a stream of consciousness. All I have to do is start talking, and, and I can make these new age memes. One of them was seriously like, the eyes of the soul will peer into your consciousness or something like that. Into the rectum Ooh, of your... No, it, it didn't say rectum. <laughs> anyway. Uh, cojones. Yeah, into the cojones of your... Uh, like, stop, stop distracting me. Um, so we were talking about fear and I, I put into there, well, the fear of the Lord is actually the beginning of wisdom. It's not, you don't get wisdom from this thing that you were talking about, but it's the fear of the Lord. And I had a number of people say fear is the wrong word. Fear. We're not afraid of God. I'm not afraid of God. And so, so what is, 
when when we say fear, when we're talking about fear of of the Lord, what is that? What are we actually talking about? Yeah, I mean it's 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 respecting God, God's word so much that that you see you do all of it. You 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 wouldn't couldn't even dream of not doing what what God says. And it's because he's so great, he's so much more above us. He can destroy body and soul. Um and we're down here and he loves us, so that's great. It's good, but we also have to respect him totally. Um it's not like he's our chum, you know, that's just like, you know, yeah, you know, maybe I'll do what you say, chum, maybe I won't. Like, it's not like that. Um, it's It's got to be a total, it's like a, the highest level of respect that we can muster as, as humans, I would say. Right. I would agree. Yeah. And, and, and I think that like our, like, you know, I remember having a conversation with my wife and, you know, because she's a woman and I think Peach is your woman, maybe you, this would jar you as well. <laughs> Sometimes. I don't want to assume your gender, you know what I mean? I, I don't want to get canceled. But that was a great guess. <laughs> anyway. Um so but I, I remember telling my wife, like, like their children should fear our words, right? And it's not that I want my child to tremble every time I come into the room because you don't know if I'm gonna fly off the handle randomly or not. And it's the same thing with with you as a mother. They should respect your words. They should fear your words, not because they think you're going to freak out for no reason, but because they know that, you know, you have authority over them and, you know, what you say, they got to do it. You know what I mean? Whether or not they want to. So there's a sense of fear there as well. I don't think there's anything, anything wrong with that, you know? Yeah. One of the things we were just talking about today, my sisters and I, was this concept of fear and respect, which which were words that we used interchangeably because I was telling my dad, my six-year-old flew off the handle today. I mean, one of those epic. It like, was epic. I even got some of it she on video, video because yeah. I like to show my kids the video later as sort of a like teaching thing like this it's like what you yeah. look like you would be embarrassed if you could see yourself right now but you're so emotional that you can't so i'm just going to take about 30 seconds worth of video so that later i can show you this is what you were doing when you were out of yeah. your mind so i we talked about that my sisters and i and and one of them was like well that does feel a little disrespectful of the child and mm -hmm. and aren't you worried that they won't see you as a safe person <laughs> or a safe place to go and i said I am not a safe place to go when you're acting sure. like that. <laughs> Absolutely not. I That's am right. Not a harbor for your sin. Yeah, you should probably not feel safe to come to me if that's what you're bringing when you come. And and the thing is, it's like this is the this is the thing I was telling my wife. This was you know a couple of years ago, but like, okay, so I want them to fear my words when I say clean up your room. So they should clean up the room when they when I do it. But you see, that's more of a training ground, right? Because there's gonna come a time when we're at the store and they're going to run into the parking lot and I'm going to tell them to stop and they have to stop. Otherwise they might die. Right. They get hit by a car. They get, you know, they fall off something, whatever. So like the, the cleaning the room, is it really that big a deal? No, it's not that big a deal, but it's a training for the things that eventually when they grow up are a huge deal. Plus, you know, it's a training to also obey God. You know, we're under authority as well. So we're demonstrating that as well. It's like, so no, you're, it's not safe to disobey daddy because the thing is, daddy is going to tell you something one day and it's going to be a matter of life and death and you need to listen to him. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Oh, exactly. We talked about that, how we're practicing so that when they're adults, they can obey God. And that's a that's huge right. part of it. And also the thing I actually told my daughter today is 
you're not in charge because look at what you do when you're given the choice. Like look at when I give you control, you use it and you're breaking stuff. You tore up your paper, you know, you're throwing crayons. I mean, (laughs) this is what you do when you're in charge. This tells me you are not ready to be in charge yet because, because you're hurting yourself and you're hurting the rest of the family when you're given that option. And so I think now to bring it back to what we were talking about with the culture, I think now we've got a bunch of people who may be adults physically, but they're not ready to be in charge of anything yet because they have no self-control. They were never taught how to submit to a force that's greater than themselves that also wants their good. And if I love my children and if I love my culture, you know, I will... I will warn them when the things they're doing are actually, in some cases, literally killing other people. And they're certainly doing spiritual damage to themselves and to others with this ridiculous, I guess, temper fit (laughs) that happens. Yeah. So there's my my pastor was uh, away this past Sunday and he asked me to preach. And so I preached on Deuteronomy 4, which... Uh, is about the law of God. And one of the things it says in Deuteronomy 4 is that the nations around you are going to see this law and they're going to be like, wow, God's so close to them. And look at this law. It's so wise. It's righteous. Like how I've never seen a God this close to a people. Okay. So that's a weird thought for us to think, but then you start thinking about, okay, but they're pagans though. So if they think it's so righteous, why don't they just do it? Right. Well, they, they they understand, they recognize that it's righteous, but they want no part of it. And here's what happens. So Later on in Deuteronomy, this is from Deuteronomy 28, he's talking about blessing the people when they obey his covenant, right? So he says, the Lord will establish you as a people holy to himself as he's sworn to you if you keep the commandments of your Lord and walk in his ways. And this is what the peoples around, the the nations are thinking. It says this, the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they shall fear you. So they should fear the people of God because they recognize how close God is to them. And so they should be like, yeah, your law is so righteous. It doesn't mean they're going to want to do it, right? They're still going to want to kill their kids. They're still going to want to do whatever they want to do, have sex. with. It's not that they're seeing the law and like, oh, I definitely want to do that law. No, but they see it. And there's a, there's a, there's something in them that they fear that they're not doing that. God's close to them. And eventually God's going to come and he's going to clean house. There's a fear that should be there that I think um, diminishes when, you know, the evangelical witness is essentially whatever you say, Mr. TV guy, as long as he can sprinkle Jesus on the side, I'll do it. Right. That's, uh, that's great. That's really good. I was going to ask if you think that there is a, uh, talking about respect and talking about authority, use the word authority. Do you, do you think that there is a, a, a bunch or not a bunch, a number. Do you think there's a number of evangelical leaders who are leaders um, basically by virtue of the fact that a lot of people recognize who they are and not necessarily because they have uh, espoused any sort of truth that's worthy of attention? Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a lot of leaders who are there because they're popular, because they're yeah. because a lot of people recognize them and like the sort of things that they say. And so it's like, well, this is an evangelical leader, but it's not because they have they have ex- expressed a truth. It's just because yeah. they're they're popular. I think that I think that's and this is just again my opinion. I don't study these things very deeply, but my take on this is that there are a number of evangelical leaders that are still leaders to this day. That, be, that rose to prominence 
in relative peacetime. So, you know, obviously we've always been in this culture and there's always been things going on, but um, it, it was easier to sort of kind of brush a lot under the rug. A lot of the, the overt rebellion against God, you could brush it under the rug and it wasn't a big deal. Um, you know, so, so, so they were saying true things and, 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 and they were saying it in a very kind of, a lot of these guys are very uh, eloquent and, and so that's how they gained their following. They were eloquent. They were interesting during peace times. You know what I mean? But now right. we're in a situation where every single day I see an article headline of something that's happening that just blows my mind. That's just completely insane. I can't even believe it. You know, the stuff with, with the pastors up in Canada, the, the stuff that the, the Canadians are trying to do to these pastors, um, arresting them, you know, trying to trying to trying to force them to say certain things in their sermons. Like it's crazy up there, right? right? So this is wartime. They're coming for you. They're like they're trying to control the assembly. Right. And at this time, the same leadership isn't going to fly <laughs> the way it flew before when they kind of left us alone. Right. They they kind of lost respect for evangelicals over the last decades, but they weren't really coming for us. They weren't trying to cancel worship on Sunday. They weren't uh, trying to force you to say certain things from the pulpit. Now they are. And the same kind of leadership isn't going to cut it. We need to have people that are willing to sort of go toe to toe and do the thing that's going to get them uh, roundly rejected by the culture and all this stuff. And so some of these guys, I think that they were eloquent in the past. They were saying true things, but they just simply weren't. They didn't have the uh, the constitution or the uh, the ability, the strength to, to actually lead in war times. You know what I mean? And I think there were signs there, but you could get by, you know, w w because we weren't like in, in like an overt like battle. Right. Um, they could kind of get by. Right. Do you think that there is something to the idea that the church is slow to recognize that they're even in a battle. I mean, we've been singing hymns about being the <laughs> onwards Christian soldiers marching as to war, sure. and I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. We sing about sure. those things. Uh, but we don't really believe it. We don't think of ourselves as engaged in warfare. We're... You know, we, we're, we're nice. Yeah. We don't we don't want people to be afraid of us for crying out loud. We want everybody to feel loved and accepted. Yeah. And uh, so we don't we don't really believe that we are at war. We're uncomfortable with that. Well, I mean, and I think that none of us are really um, innocent here. Like I, I often think about myself, like if I really believed that, you know, the, the pagans are really on the march as much as I say I do. Look what would I be doing differently? Like, am I doing the things I, I should be doing considering what I say I believe? And I think that, that all of us to a certain degree, you know, like need to face that truth, right? Like, like what, what, what do I really believe? Is it what I say I believe or what I do based right. on, you know what I mean? Like, well, I so, didn't have you yeah, come on here all grew to up convict in me, AD. I wasn't <laughs> looking for conviction from you. I was looking for agreement on everything well, that I said. So, well, uh, the thing is, though, we 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 got to like we have to recognize that we all kind of grew up in this. I remember th uh, talking to someone about um, feminism, and um, I'm not an expert on feminism, but 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 we're, what we were talking about is that so much about feminism is just like it's like the air we breathe. It's the water we're swimming in. Like we don't even notice it. Like when right. I was a kid, pretty much all my teachers were women. And I, I like women. Women are fine. You can have some women teachers, but what does that do to a young boy that every authority figure in their life, except their father is a woman. 
It's so weird. It kind of and it, and it it has to have an effect on you. It has to warp how you see things um, because women are great, but they have a different mentality than men, right? They're a lot of times they're going to be um, looking for uh, consensus as opposed to fighting. A lot of women don't like to fight. A lot of women don't like to have controversy and stuff like that. And men typically do. And I think a young boy grows up in a way. Well, the worst thing that could happen to me is to be in a controversy, right? And I, I. I I, I would be a fool to think that that hasn't affected me. Right. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm not picking on women and feminism here. I think there's lots of stuff that like that, um, that we just grew up in. So we don't know any different and we'd be foolish to think it's not affecting us. That mentality of not really being in a war, it's got to have affected me. We you know just, what I mean? It has to. We Do you want to pick on feminism since AD is yes! not going to? Okay. I'm so happy to pick on feminism. <laughs> I distinctly remember the first time that somebody floated the idea to me that the church even has been feminized or is guilty Big of time. making feminism its primary religion. And it's not that I was angry about it. I didn't even know what they were talking about. Like when the person said that, <laughs> yeah. I was like how like what does that even mean and in what way and then they started with like the comparison between the mother's day sermon and the father's day sermons and i was like oh yeah that is a thing that like it's almost always women you should stand up and demand more and better because you're always awesome versus men you need to give more and do better because you're because always you kind not of suck. awesome <laughs> and it's like you yeah, okay there's there is that but like fast forward that to just a few weeks ago and we talked about this on our latest podcast episode um there was a sermon that was delivered near our vicinity um that was on <laughs> wives submit to your husbands so it's on ephesians and wives submit to your husbands and somehow that sermon became men don't be tyrants like that's what the subject was. And that's what it was. Now it was. I'm like, okay, that makes a lot of sense given the feminism in the church. Um, the but, verse literally says, "Women or wives submit to your husbands, yeah, you know, as, as, to the as Lord. unto the Lord." That's, yeah. that's literally what the verse says. But the sermon, the interpretation was, yeah, that men that doesn't give you the license to be tyrants. So we're like, well, why are you even talking about men? It's right. it's it's women. This right. is for this is women. About women, right? And again, I bring that back to parenting because once I became a mother, I realized that would be equivalent to constantly preaching sermons at the children that are actually telling the parents not to be too aggressive or not to be too firm or not to be too overbearing. And like every time we went to preach about children, obey your parents or whatever, we somehow twisted that into yep. parents don't be tyrants. Fathers and don't like, exasperate your children. What would that do over time? What would that do to and, the children? And the pastor is not doing that like nefariously. No. No. He's doing that because he grew up in this whole environment too. He's swimming in the same feminism that <laughs> you and I are swimming in. swimming in the same pool we are. So. Yeah. You know, you can't get too mad at him, but at the same time, somebody is going to have to say, well, hold on a second here. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. You don't even realize what's going on until somebody like points it out for you that that is yeah. what's happening. And what I said, my comment to dad, when we were talking about that sermon, at least I was like, that preacher doesn't seem to understand. I think that he thinks he's being convicting to the men in the church. Like, I think he is trying to deliver a hard hitting sermon and kudos for that. But I don't think he realizes just how relieving that is for the average man in a church setting to be go, to go, Oh, I don't have to fight with my wife and my kids. <laughs> I can just, I can hands just back off. down. Like, yeah. yeah, I don't have to get in the fray and, and raise yeah. my blood pressure at all. Like I can just relax. Yeah. And it's holy for me to 
not take charge <laughs> and to step out of the way. Because I wouldn't want to be a tyrant. Yeah. And yeah. the same with the mothers too, like mothers and mothers groups who are being told all about gentle parenting. It really is just literally how to help your child go six years still on a pacifier, still drinking from a bottle because you don't want to fight, or still wearing diapers because potty training is a challenge and there's tears involved. Nobody wants to do any of that stuff. And so it's actually relieving for them, for their flesh, when you tell them, well, you don't have to do that. You don't have to be the bad guy. Don't be a tyrant. Just let them do whatever they want to do. And over time, just how bad that is for children and then for the culture at large when they grow up. Yeah. I think there's a tendency to, and this, I, I, I saw Michael Foster, I think, post about this. He's a pastor in Ohio. And um, there's a tendency to that when there's a doctrine that you believe that requires a lot of you, you tend to almost downplay it. Like you, you hold it like a lot less seriously. And I think there's a tendency that when there's a lot of expectations or requirements for us, like we want to be a little bit more lax and that's that sin nature just bubbling up and trying to take control. And we, we, we have to recognize that that's happened to us if it has and, and do whatever we can to correct it. And I think Mm -hmm. that, you know, bringing this back to sort of the fighting thing, you know, and, you know, we, the, the, the nations should fear the church, the, 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 the pagan culture should fear the church Mm -hmm. that if that's true, then we have a lot of work to do. We've got a lot of stuff to do because right now, like they don't at all. Right. And um, right. that doesn't mean that, that like this is a matter of salvation or not. Obviously we're not saved by works, but we want to be faithful to God. We want to honor God. We want to fear God. So, um, you know, the pagans aren't like powerless. Like they can harm you. They can take your livelihood away. They can beat you up or whatever. Right. They ruin can your close reputation. your church. Yeah. So, so knowing that it's like, we, we have to recognize that there is sometimes a fear in us that, that, that we should not have in, and in, we got to replace that with the fear of God. <clears throat> yeah. Well, again, I think that that's such unusual language to, to, when, to talk about Christians in yeah. the culture being a source of fear to, to be, to be speaking to a culture and they're supposed to be fearing us is it, it, nobody talks like that. Uh, the church has for generations has been a place of uh what is it peace and 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 acceptance um i i used to work in a print shop and we did uh graphics and laid out ads for the symphony every every year they had a little booklet and we would lay out the ads and there was a uh one of the local churches here took out an ad and it was just a black background with white letters on it and i'm laying it out and it just said be loved be accepted be yourself meet god here and it was the name of the church and i thought uh be loved be accepted be yourself being yourself is what sends people to hell you have you have to be you have to be uh recreated you know, sure. by, by Christ. And, and that's the theology that, that is kind of lost, but, that, but that was, you know, that was 20 years ago. And so there was this, this, this theology that basically says church is not a scary place. Church is not a place where you need to worry about uh, making any changes. You, this is, it's a place where no matter who you are, no matter how you're dressed, just come on in. Cause we're, you know, there's no, there's no prerequisites for attendance here. Just show up 
and you will be part of what we have going on here. I think it, I think the rapid change in the culture kind of took a lot of people by surprise. Like, because we were talking to my grandma, his mom. Grandma Turbo. <clears throat> about this, like probably six months ago. And she was the one who was like, well, you know, there are a lot of churches that are really stuffy. And if you wear jeans, they're going to think you're going to hell. And I was like, like who grandma. are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> like, I believe that that is a thing that happened when you were a little younger. How old are you? But honestly, oh, I don't 80? know where you would go to find very many of those types Stuffy of churches, churches anymore. And so, yeah, I think like there was a shift and I appreciate this too about Doug Wilson. We brought him up earlier. Mm. I appreciate when he was talking about feminism, he said there might have been an era or a generation of people in the past. And there might again be in the future where, you know, the men are these meatheads who are just, they're beating their wives and they're taking the Bible as this excuse to be tyrants or to be authoritarian. Absolutely. There may be a point right. where that sermon about Ephesians whatever it is that's the wife submit to your husband, right. where a sermon about not being a tyrant would be appropriate because of the cultural Absolutely. moment that you're in. Right. But this is not that cultural moment, and people Absolutely. are not <laughs> mad about wearing jeans at this moment either. No. <laughs> uh, and and this, the sad thing is, and we're talking about evangelicalism here, evangelicalism has made it a, an art form of doing that exact thing, preaching the sermon that does not need to be preached right now. <laughs> John, John, John Piper just did this this There's past a week. sermon you don't he, need. He wrote an... He wrote an article about the vaccine, and it's it's addressed to all the people, all the thousands upon thousands of people out there that want to get the vaccine, but they're they're afraid to get the vaccine because they're getting a lot of peer pressure to not get the vaccine. Uh -huh. the, the millions of people out there like that, that's who he wanted to encourage. <laughs> that's the exact opposite of who needs to be encouraged right now, because all the pressure is to get the vaccine. So if you're a person who doesn't want to get the vax, you need to be encouraged, right? If you're the one... But but Piper somehow found this cultural moment where literally people are losing their jobs because they're not getting the vaccine. He chose this moment to preach the opposite sermon. Right. It's like, are are you out of your mind? And this is this is this is common for Biggie. Who, who are you talking I, I, to, I, I John? Who are these people? Is there like two of them I, in I, the United I, States? There's probably some, but it's just like so unnecessary to waste time on this. So the thing is. And this is, I, it's not just him. I mean, I, I did a video about that and I referenced a few other articles and sermons that I just like, it just blows my mind that you could preach this. It makes no sense. Yeah. But again, maybe it could make sense in certain contexts. And I think, you know, to your point, um, Peaches, what's your real name? <laughs> That's fine. Amanda. Amanda. <laughs> Nobody calls Amanda. her that on the podcast. Carl to, knows me as Peaches. To your point. Carl knows you as Peaches. So, okay, there you go. So, to your point, though, like how, this kind of it, it changed all fast, all at once, right? And I, I, I keep thinking about this quote, right? Um, it's from er, I think it's Ernest Hemingway. They asked him how he went bankrupt because I guess he went bankrupt <laughs> in his life, and uh, he's his answer was the, how I went bankrupt was at first little by little, and then all at once, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Right. And so I have a suspicion, again, I'm not a historian, I don't study these things, but I have a suspicion that a lot of this cultural change is exactly like that. It happened little by little, little kind of uh, um, compromises and capitulations, and now we're seeing the fruit of it all kind of all come at, at us like a tsunami wave. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I think yeah. that I say it caught a lot of people by surprise because I know people who like 
read the Babylon Bee, for example, or the Onion, and they just don't even know that it's satire. I mean, they're still back on. How do I even know how right. to tell the difference between fake news? And, or they're sharing something it's and true. thinking that yeah. it's real, and you know, and, I'm still there. I mean, who knows anymore? Right, right, right. So they get, you know, or they're they're getting their credit card stolen from people calling and pretending to be somebody they're not. And I'm like, yeah, the IRS or whatever. Yeah, you? how do you not know telephone scams are a thing? Like, yeah. but, but we're back there. You know, some of us are still yeah. back there on that step. And so then you you suggest that maybe they should be fighting the cultural battle and getting people to fear. the the Lord. And it's like, right. whoa, yeah. like this is, <laughs> right. you're blowing my well, mind right now. There's a bunch of people who, like we talked about before, who don't understand that we're in a battle. There's a bunch of Christian people who basically think that, that people are born more or less good. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. scripture doesn't, <laughs> scripture says that's completely false, but there are, there are a lot of Christian people who go, well, you know, I think that people are basically good and we should assume <laughs> the best in people. I don't, I don't think that God calls us to be you know, suspicious of people's motives. It's like, have you read the scripture at all? Where it talks about uh, the number of people, Christian people who have said things like, follow your heart, trust your heart. You know, God will God will steer you in the direction if you just follow your heart. It's like, where, yeah. you know. How much of that is the feminization that we were talking about too? Like, Bad advice from mom that ended up being reinforced by female teacher at school and, and then Disney female counselor <laughs> Disney. Disney yeah Good old Walt and then it's like oh it must be true because somebody shared it with a pretty background on a meme on Facebook you know yeah. so <laughs> yeah the, you got to get that pretty background otherwise it's not true it's, well that's how you that's how you know if it's legit or not there, you that's like right, the background. That's right. there is an Instagram account I don't know if they're on other social media there's an Instagram account that my sister found and follows and reads to me sometimes <laughs> that I love it just kills me because it's all those pretty backgrounds and quotes but it's like a sarcastic person who actually understands what's wrong with these stupid quotes like one of them says um, you are beautiful. I mean, I guess I've never actually met you. <laughs> or it'll say like, you, you deserve better than anyone else. Your, your opinions should allow you to be a jerk to all your friends or, you know, stuff right. like that. It's so you should be able good. to treat people like trash because you're such a good person at heart. It's so that seems good. like an awesome account. I would like that right. very much. Narcissism. That's anyone who tells you something you don't want to hear. Like yeah. that, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's so good. and But it's so rare. Like most of the time when you're seeing this stuff shared, people are being dead serious. They're like, oh, yeah, this is encouraging. This is my devotion for the day. Right. You know, me, me, There's me. probably a number of people who share those quotes like – sincerely yes. and don't realize that it's sarcasm that it's a joke. That's yeah. right because again some people are back on that step where they're not right. really sure what's going on because <laughs> they're looking satire. at the background look at that sunset this can't possibly be heresy yeah, yeah. yep so there you go that's where we are god, god wouldn't allow such drivel to be written on a picture so lovely well, what's times. so funny about that is that that is quite hilarious but actually the bible it, it's so interesting right so uh, you know i i'm I don't know if you guys know this, or maybe Carlito needs to know, but um, I have <laughs> like a reputation Carlito, of being a little spicy <laughs> from time to time. And so what's interesting about this is that oftentimes people will say to me, well, you're just not, you're not, you don't speak nice. You're, you're, you're not loving. And so, you know, like you're just, you're wrong. You're, you've got evil intentions, stuff like that. And so people will say that, and I've heard it all before, but what's interesting is the, 
the Bible actually doesn't warn about my kind of speech. It actually warns about the buttery, lovely, nice kind of speech and right. says you got to watch out for that right. because oftentimes people will have these smooth words, but really they hate you and they have war in their heart and they want to destroy you. It's like, I'm not saying that it's like it works like you could just you could just go by their tone. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that the guard actually has to be up when you're hearing what you want to hear with the pretty flower background and the sunset. Like that's when your guard should be up because right. there's a good chance that person's trying to manipulate and they might not even know it, but yep. it's a manipulative tactic. Right. Yeah. Well, that is that is a topic that we talk about all the time right. uh, and how when, when you make it clear to people that they're manipulating you when you when you use words and she's kind of like a ninja when it comes to this she goes <laughs> she detects it uh years of mommy group like support group it's just oh man I, I have i've no heard tolerance. those groups can be a real a real trip oh my gosh oh. We, could, we could do another couple hours just honestly about that. the movie the movie mean girls tina fey i don't i'm not a big tina fey fan in general but like the movie mean girls is just so perfect it's like yes, yeah it's like an entry level it's toxic femininity yeah, it's sinful feminine. fleshly females in a nutshell and there aren't many examples of it in hollywood but that's a good movie <laughs> So you've got these people who are being emotionally manipulative. They're they're trying to to get over on you, and they may not be aware of it. But she will point it out. She'll say, "Yeah, what you're doing here is emotional manipulation," and uh, and I don't appreciate it. And they lose their minds when they when you accuse them of that. They're like, "This is supposed to work." Yeah, it's supposed to be, <laughs> and 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 they get they get super angry. Uh, and yeah. a lot of times, I, you've, I've lost track of how many people oh, have blocked you who used AD to be. AD doesn't know. I have to brag. I was blocked by Jen Hatmaker once a couple of years ago. Yeah. So, you know. Have you ever done? Have you ever been able to pull that off, AD? <laughs> have you ever gotten blocked? I've by never Jen? interacted with her. So. That's a feather in my cap. <laughs> I would. I would never. I would never do such a thing. But, but. I have been blocked before. Um, but I, I don't. I don't feel like I've been. I feel like for some reason, I get a lot of like. Uh, um, benefit of the doubt like people don't block me that they don't have a hair trigger with me for some reason maybe it's because of my skin i was gonna it say is it because be. that may be some little racist or at least stuff that's going on yeah <laughs> i think I, I it's it's a weird phenomenon i think it, you know it's people you know when i used to be on twitter very rarely would people block me um and also on youtube i i found that i say all the words I'm not supposed to say, you know, some people will censor themselves. They'll say like, instead of saying vaccine, they'll say cookies or, yeah. you know, jab or something like that. Right. I, I just say everything. <laughs> I just say vaccine. You know, I say whatever I want to. I say, you know, coronavirus, this, coronavirus. I never get censored. I never get blocked. I, I, mm. I, I literally think that it's written into the algorithm that I get to say whatever the heck I want to say. <laughs> Andy Rose is just above the law. Uh, I tried. I've I've tried. I've I've tried to test the limits. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to say something that's sinful, but like, yep. everyone's well, like, I'm censoring this. I got censored. Right. The the, the algorithms is one. The algorithms is one thing. I'm not trying to take anything away from you, please. Uh, but huh. when when you're dealing with people and in, like individual yeah. people, um, yeah. those are the ones who have a tendency to get their underwear in a knot, and then I'm, I'm yeah. done with you. And the type of person, and this is this is all comes back around to where we started. Um, we're talking about leadership, uh, people who yes. would who would present themselves as authorities in the church. Um, she has been blocked by several of those, several people <laughs> who were actually 
uh, ministers in former her life. Youth ministers, former youth ministers, former Sunday school teachers, formal, former professors at my private Christian college. Yeah, I've got yeah. several, probably half a dozen people on my list who were at one time mentors like in the faith and yeah. who were, you know, teaching yeah. me what was right from wrong. And then when it came time for me to apply that consistently in my life, you know, yeah. they were like, oh, you can't ask that question or you can't yeah. say that thing. Right. So, um, but yeah, that, that's definitely happened to me as well. I, I would say that the people that have blocked me and like kind of shunned me, it's been people that I knew personally, like not just random internet, you know, people like people that I knew that, like you said, mentors and stuff like that, um, who've just completely, you know, shunned, treated like a tax collector, as far as they're concerned, like right. they want nothing to do with me. And, and some of the times it's just like, it's so bizarre. It's like, they haven't even had one conversation with me about it. It's like, right. nothing. it's just like, it's just like completely disconnected. <laughs> right. Yep. And it's like, there's nothing biblical about that. Like you, 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 you've not said even word one about what your problem is, or it's just cut out. It's, it, and that doesn't feel good. You know what I mean? Like, I, I can, I can deal with it and I, uh, you know, I don't complain about it, but like, it's, I'm still a person. Like I, I don't like sure. that, you know? <laughs> sure. And, and, and that is where, uh, that's where leadership, uh, is it comes down to how do you yeah. interact with the other members of society? Certainly, but sure. also more importantly, it, how do you interact with your fellow uh, family members. How do you interact with the with the members of the church, the people who profess sure. to be, you know, on the same team as you? And if we're not able to get along even with each other, then and 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 if you are feeling that you need to apologize and back down from things that you said or did based on a principle right. that you believe to be correct, <laughs> well, that's a huge problem. And I would say that that disqualifies you from quote-unquote leadership because yeah. what exactly are you leading if you're if right. you're not able to stand up on your own convictions you know right. and, if, and if you're apologizing for things that you told us were the truth you know well what yeah what what is your role what I'll are you, tell leading? you when i finally did like cross into okay i am against feminism it's all over in the church i can see it now it's everywhere and i'm against that as a philosophy it was when i realized that as a newly married woman, um, I realized that if I wanted to, I had all of the power to go to the authorities in both the church and like the police and destroy my husband. If I wanted to sure. make claims against his character or claims against who he was, you know, as an individual and say that I didn't feel safe or he wasn't meeting my needs or he wasn't making me feel loved enough, I could do any of those things and I would yeah. be believed. I knew that. And when I realized that when I connected that those dots, I thought, yeah, that's not the way that it should be because that wouldn't be leadership now. Like that's that's me and other women twisting arms in church until we get what we want, which which would make us the ones who are the leaders. And and I it's not a coincidence at all that Josh McDowell was canceled by after delivering a speech to like the Christian uh, Counselors Association. That, American Association of Christian okay, Counselors. American Association yeah, of Christian Counselors. That's right. That is primarily a female industry like right. the, women are the counselors in church spheres predominantly and women are the ones canceling our friend chris when he's going to public schools to teach us the female teachers who mm -hmm. say that they don't like his message um and so anytime they have the ability to go to somebody above the speaker like josh mcdowell and make a complaint and have their will be enforced <laughs> that's who has the yeah. power right that that's the person who's the leading 
And so, yeah, I see this over and over again where, you know, it's, it's other women at church who go tell the preacher that he was out of line because of what he preached, you know, or they go to the, the event coordinator at the American Association for Christian Counselors Convention or whatever it was, and, and they say, yeah, he can't say that. Um, they're the people who are actually wearing the pants. They're actually in charge. That's who's in charge. Yeah. 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 I, I, I hear you. No, this is, this is a big problem. And, um, I think that because it's, like I said, it's like the air we breathe, the the pond we're swimming in, you know, all, all of us need to kind of always take stock and, you know, am I, am I dealing with this according to scripture or am I dealing this the way I ought to, or is this some of my, like my, my programming essentially, (laughs) you know what I mean? Is this, is this some of my programming taking, it's hard to notice sometimes I think. Yep. Culture. That yeah. was, that's where my blog came in, Cultures at War, because I thought to myself, how much is Scripture? How much of what I currently believe is because of the truth of Scripture or it's God's, yeah. you know, ultimate objective truth? And how much was just programmed into me or I, I learned through osmosis, yep. you know, just existing here in the United States? Just existing. Yeah, right. that, that's that's the thing. It's it's a lot of it was programmed, but in a sense of like, we don't know who did it or if they did it intentionally, but we just got to kind of always have to be on guard for that. But I think that I, this is one of the reasons why I'm so grateful for this time. I, I don't think it's ever been easier to, to, to be, to, it's never been easier to see kind of who's who, you know, the line, the fault lines are being drawn right now yeah, and true. the pagans are getting so crazy that it's become so apparent, you know, what they're up to now. It's like, and, and and any Christian who's going along with some of this stuff, it's so obvious that they're just not to be followed in any way. They're, they're, they're just not qualified. Like so, so it's getting crazy out there. But in a way, I, I'm so grateful to be a Christian at this time because the, there's the nuance has been completely erased. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. no nuance in a you know transsexual that's dressed like a demon teaching kids at the library like there's no nuance there right it's and not like god I'm not sure whether and, this is right or wrong how do i yeah. feel about this yeah god god has made a mockery of all this stuff there's there's there's, there's, there's no nuance anymore god's making it making us go all the way it's like like i, I saw someone share a, a uh, an article of um now the restaurant hooters is now allowing transsexuals to be, you know, you know, wait, waiters, <laughs> they're thinking they're waitresses, but they're waiters. And so, but the thing is about Hooters is that like, that was wrong anyway. Like you shouldn't have had a restaurant where guys go to Google, you know, young women. Um, and, and so like now God's like, okay, so you want to be perverts? We're going to go all the way. Oh. Now you're going to be oogling men. And it's like, so he's like, he's taking us all the way. <sighs> and so it's crazy and it's gross. And I don't like seeing that on my feed, but in a way I'm grateful because now it's like we're gonna have to choose sides now. Everyone's gonna have to make a choice. Uh, you have to promise me at some point, AD, that when you're in church and they say we're coming up on Thanksgiving, so you have to promise me that when they say, "All right, tell me one thing that you're thankful for this year," <laughs> that you will raise your hand and proudly say, "I'm glad that that Hooters is finally letting dudes dress up <laughs> like women." Just say just three words: transsexuals at Hooters. <laughs> Say that. Uh, grateful. I'm, I'm grateful just grateful to God for transsexuals at Hooters. <laughs> anyway, so on that note, I gotta go. <laughs> That's good. I was gonna kick you off anyway after that note. I'll uh, play our I'll play our outro music. Thanks, Are you ready? Thanks for joining us, AD. We'll have to do it again. Yeah.
Yeah, this is great. I'd, I'd be glad to do it. And, you know, let me know what Carlito thinks. We'll, we'll just come right back. We do. Carl well, got a new nickname today, Carlito, and I'm here for it. Uh, Carlito, you can, you can look for AD's podcast on the FLF Network, same place where ours is. And so go check him out and send him a note and let him know that he has offended you with his transsexual hooters. <laughs> let Thanks. him know. Thanks, AD. See you, Thank man. you, guys. God bless you both. Thank you. You can find John Branion on MeWe, Gab, and YouTube. Also be part of the show by emailing your questions and comments to nextdoor at johnbranion.com. We've loved having you at our table, neighbor. See you next time and bring some friends with you. 